Welcome to Industry Nama, a podcast that covers everything A to Z on India's small business growth and job creation. My name is Rick Rosso, and I hold the Wadwani Chair in U.S.-India Policy Studies here at CSIS, and I've worked on Indian commercial issues for decades. Join us as we dive into the intersection of Indian government policy and the startup ecosystem, looking at good ideas to accelerate India's economic growth. Hi, this is Rick Rosso here with the Industry Nama podcast and very pleased to share the stage this time with my good friend Sri Jayesh Ranjan. Jayesh, of course, is the Principal Secretary of the Industries and Commerce Department as well as the Information Technology Departments for the state of Telangana, a state where I've had a, a long history, of course, going back to uh, having hosted this large business delegation that accompanied President Clinton back in 2000. So long history and seeing the development of that city and that part of the country has just been fantastic. Judge Jayesh, thanks for joining uh, the Industry Nama podcast. Thank you, Rick. Pleasure being on this uh, podcast series and look forward to an interesting and engaging conversation. Well, obviously, our program is focused a lot on India's commercial reforms and in particular at the state level. I think globally sitting here in Washington, you do see a major reallocation of supply chains happening around the world. A little bit of a drawdown from traditional markets like China and looking for a lot of markets that are ready to grow and pop. Now, India, of course, has set a target of two lakh crores of exports by the end of the decade, you know, shared between merchandise and services. Now, seeing what's happening in Delhi, of course, you're really there in the hotbed where the action has to happen at the uh, state level. So in Telangana, how do you look at what's happening globally? How do you look to take advantage of some of these changes, which could boost manufacturing and jobs in your home state? Absolutely. So this is also a very important opportunity for us. We have uh, started witnessing some of these trends that you speak about. Companies vary of doing business in China or confining their China strategy, just China for China, looking at alternatives. And we have had some very good early successes. I can't perhaps uh, name those companies for confidentiality reasons because they won't like to be exposed before the world telling that they have closed something in China and they have shifted it to India and that too to Telangana. But we have had some good successes so far. There are quite a few things in the pipeline as well. But the point which we make and we also understand internally is that the competition is not just with, within Indian states. So it is not that Telangana is competing with Tamil Nadu or Telangana is competing with uh, Karnataka or any other state. We are competing today with, let us say, Vietnam or a Bangladesh, Malaysia and many other uh, such similarly placed countries. So unless we are able to show complete confidence that whatever you used to get in China will be more or less be able to deliver it to you as well. So in China, if you look at it, first of all, they benefit from uh, scale. There are huge industrial parks. They provide high quality infrastructure like power supply, water supply, connectivity, etc. Trained manpower is available and then there is lots of discipline amongst the workers. Their productivity is high. The state also supports them by providing uh, incentives and helping them with logistics and stuff like that. So in some of the sectors which are important for us, we have a comparative advantage as compared to other Indian states. Let us take the example of pharmaceuticals. So historically, for the past uh, five decades or so, Telangana has been a very important manufacturing destination for the pharmaceutical industry. Roughly about two, two and a half decades ago, we have started getting lots of uh, investments in biotechnology, vaccines, etc. And when you look at the new opportunities which are coming our way, we feel that 
we can be the first Indian state or the premier Indian state which grabs that opportunity. So as I said, just to replicate what someone would have otherwise got in China, what we have done is that we have set up perhaps the world's largest industrial park for pharmaceuticals. It is called the Hyderabad Pharma City, spread over 20,000 acres. And we are ensuring that all clearances, approvals, because pharmaceutical many times is a polluting industry. So all the required environmental approvals, pollution clearances, everything is embedded. So someone just needs to buy their piece of land and construct and start manufacturing. Everything else is taken care of. The common effluent treatment plant, which again is a very big facility. Yeah, makes a great bit of sense. The defense industry too, practically have a roundtable where I'm sitting with U.S. defense companies. They talk about your state as one of the prime places where you see a lot of investments going into and had evidence already about India's prowess in manufacturing and such a uh, critical industry too. So pharma, defense, so many other industries, apart from, of course, the IT service, which has always been a real hotbed in, in Hyderabad. So it's becoming, uh, I think, increasingly rounded from what we see on this side. Now, big companies, of course, you know, you're all excited about bringing in the big global manufacturers, the auto companies, the defense companies. Let's talk a bit about small business. You know, sometimes they create that ecosystem. Sometimes medium-sized businesses from the United States and others might be the next wave of investors. So how do you look at small businesses in terms of supporting big businesses or the value unto themselves? Is there a lot of targeted support that's happening for that critical area? How, how do you look at the MSME environment? No, no. So completely agree with you, Rick. In fact, this is a large untapped segment. We typically chase the big boys who eventually will go wherever their business interests are met. But we also need to service the requirements of the mid-scale, the small, the micro industries. And we have focused on them as well. So I can give you real examples. We have been talking to Japanese industries, Japanese industry associations. Recently, just a few months ago, we were in France where we came across a wonderful and amazing organization which represents 40,000 plus MSMEs. And there are similar other opportunities elsewhere. So we have made a pitch for all of them. Obviously, the MSMEs, a mid-scale company or a small company, will not be able to make huge upfront investment on buying land and stuff like that. So we have changed our model. Our model is that I will build ready-to-use space and you can lease it on very attractive terms and you can slowly kind of settle down. And then at some point in time, if you feel comfortable that you should have your own factory, etc., you can speak about land, etc. They're also, they find this also very challenging on getting a required manpower. They are not very easily connected to, let us say, campuses. They can't go to a campus and do recruitment, etc., etc. So this is the second thing that we offer to them, that on your behalf, we can skill people with the skill sets that you require and we can make them available to you completely trained at our cost. So we give them an offer which we call first day, first hour. Let us say you required 100 people with a particular uh, set of skills and I do that training. I make available, let us say 500 people of which you choose the best 100. You cherry pick the best 100. These 100 whom you have selected right on day one at the first hour itself, you can put them on a live manufacturing line. They do not require any further training or orientation, etc. So we want MSME investments as well. And as I said, in some of the countries where we are uh, focused on, the strategy is actually to go after the mid-scale and the small players. So while they can't invest too big in land and they require assistance in procuring their manpower, there's a third benefit also which we offer to them in Telangana. See, many of the MSMEs, and I again speak from experience, I remember this happening to us when we were talking to the mid-scale and small companies in Korea a couple of years ago. 
Many of them showed interest in Telangana, but they also told us that they would prefer to do a joint venture with a local partner. They don't want to put everything by themselves. And again, this is something in which we are assisting them. So what we have told them is that we will validate the best possible joint venture partner for you. We will kind of do this matchmaking. So subsequently, in all the sectors which are reported to us, our priority sectors, we have been able to publish list of validated local partners with whom you can potentially have a collaboration. So we understand what the MSMEs require and we have customized kind of offerings for them in different geographies. Makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about Telangana's placement in wider India and a couple of things that I wanted to touch on and get your thoughts on this. You know, first, of course, you're in a landlocked state. And when you talk about global supply chains, access to ports, that kind of stuff is pretty important. So I wonder first, if you can talk a bit about, is there some formal or informal way that you collaborate with it? Because you've got so many high growth states around you as well. It really is kind of a hotbed for industrial growth. And kind of a related note, some of the areas that foreign companies talk about as impediments to investing in India, foreign investment, some of that stuff that's guided by Delhi, do you have scope and voice for nudging as well? Because you are such an advocate. You're out there talking to companies. You're probably picking up as much useful intelligence about what companies need as anybody does. So coordination among those high growth Southern states and coordination with Delhi. I wonder if you can touch a bit on those two topics. Yeah. So I'll, I'll speak about Delhi first. So India is a federal republic. The national government does have a large say in creating national frameworks, national policies. But as you alluded to right at the beginning, the action actually happens in the state. And the other good thing about India is that states also enjoy considerable autonomy. So let us say there is a particular investor who has a specific ask of the national government and the national government is falling short of what they can offer to that investor for whatever reasons they may have. We have in the past made an offer which takes care of the deficiencies or the shortcomings which the national government is not able to offer. And many times we explain this to the investor that just come to India, even if you don't get something from the national government, we will compensate for it in some other way. We also tell them that, and this is something which we tell to all our investors, whether domestic or in international, that we will become their uh, strongest advocate in Delhi. If they have an issue, if there is some policy, and I can again give example. I know that one of your colleague was uh, the consul general here in Hyderabad, and uh, she was involved in supporting uh, lots of e-commerce, American e-commerce companies. And I recall those years ago, five, five years ago, I imagine, or four years ago, we did uh, pitch a very strong advocacy note on their behalf. And some of the rules which were uh, at some point in time appearing to be very inflexible, they were actually tweaked to benefit these companies. So we do that. And a very short answer about interstate uh, collaboration. So unfortunately, not much as one would have imagined. So for example, as you rightly mentioned, we have become a landlocked state. So not having port access is in some ways a handicap because many kind of industries have huge dependence on imports, etc. But we have negotiated a few things bilaterally. So let us say between Andhra Pradesh and Telangana. So there are certain ports in Andhra Pradesh and we have been able to negotiate with the port operator that a berth will be reserved for consignment which comes from Telangana or which is meant for Telangana. The national government has a ambitious program of national industrial corridors. Unfortunately, so far, nothing has come our way. But I know that one of the flagship industrial corridors is between Delhi and Bombay, the Delhi-Bombay industrial corridor. But as and when something comes our way, hopefully we'll also benefit from it. Till then, we are trying to manage things bilaterally. Well, you're doing it pretty effectively. Now, as we talk about changes in global supply chains, you can't ignore the fact we're coming out of, of course, this global pandemic and changes that's wrought and partially accelerated, I think, some of the changes. 
in global supply chains. What have you learned in Telangana to prepare for another pandemic or things that you think have changed because of the pandemic that's just behind us? Or do you think that life on the other side is going to look pretty similar to what it did before? Maybe the model wasn't broken and it was just kind of an aberration, but what sort of lessons do you think you picked up from that, if any? So my personal sense is that it was an aberration. Things will become normal, but it doesn't mean that you choose to do nothing. We have, so I mentioned about the pharmaceutical sector, which is one of the flagship sectors for us. Now, so far, there has been a huge dependence on China in particular, on receiving uh, what are called the APIs or specialty chemicals, etc., which are used in manufacturing of all the pharmaceutical products, etc. And most of the manufacturing in China happens in and around the Wuhan area where the first cases of pandemic actually broke out. And there was a real danger at some point in time when Chinese government decided to shut down all the the entire country in some way that the supplies, the raw material supplies with our Hyderabad-based, Telangana-based pharmaceutical companies will run out. And just at the nick of time, the Chinese reopened their country, reopened their manufacturing and we kind of got saved. But the danger danger was very, very imminent. So we have decided that while nothing of this kind may happen again, but better to be better prepared. So we have now decided in the large pharmaceutical city that I spoke about, we have decided to create a specialized zone only for APIs and people who manufacture these specialty chemicals. Fortunately, the government of India also thinks the same way. They have decided to incentivize companies who start indigenous manufacturing of these products. The state government has added many more levels of incentives and other benefits. So we want to secure a supply chain. And in some way, what has been happening so far will become our plan B. So plan A will be to rely on your own chain. But for some reason, if you have to resort to a plan B, the overseas supply chains are always available to you. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I have one other question for you. We've talked about the big boys. We've talked about FDI. We've talked about exports. But whether we're talking about Telangana or we're talking about Tennessee, at the end of the day, voters want jobs. So we talked about what are some of the sectors that you think are most likely to drive job (laughs) creation? You mentioned pharma. Of course, we've seen defense. Are there a few others that Telangana is focusing on, not just for exports and FDI? But for that real core uh, job creation, are there, are there a few that you think are ready to pop? Yes. So in the last uh, few years, again, I speak with live experience. We have seen enormous job growth in two sectors. One is textiles and uh, one is uh, electronic manufacturing. So in textiles, in fact, in the last three years in particular, we have received some heavy investments, major investments. I'll give you an example. One company has decided to set up two manufacturing units in Telangana. Textile, they manufacture uh, children's clothing, baby's clothing, infant clothing. And they're one of the largest suppliers to companies like Gap and Banana Republic and all these American retailers that we see. So they have decided to set up two mega factories in Telangana. Each of them will provide uh, 25,000 jobs. And 80% of these jobs will be given to women. And these are all uh, rural jobs. You don't require very high levels of qualification or experience, you can be trained very easily to do these jobs. Similarly, there's a Korean company which has also chosen to set up eight textile factories in Telangana. And again, the job creation that they are doing is humongous. So this is one sector where in one stroke, thousands of jobs are created. These are in-situ jobs. You don't have to travel to a big city to work. You stay close to your village, go to the factory, come back with a reasonable amount of remuneration. We see something similar happening in electronics as well. And again, what is very satisfying is that of the electronic investments that we have received, I notice most of them, a majority of them giving preference to women workers 
in their factories. So that sense of gender equity, et cetera, is also eventually playing out. Well, that's a great note to end on. Employment generation and gender equity in, in that employment, two terrific topics. Uh, Telangana has always been at the forefront. Personally, I treasure every time I get to go and visit Hyderabad, not just for business and industry, but of course, some of the great historical sites to see there as well. So a mix of everything, but Jayesh, you really covered the waterfront. Can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us on Industry Nama podcast. And we'll certainly look to uh, to catch up again and hear how the uh, the story is going as things continue to evolve in your great state. Thank you very much. Enjoy talking to you. Look forward to receiving you in Hyderabad sometime soon. That's it for today's episode. Subscribe to Industry Nama on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to visit our website at csis.org forward slash India. And thanks for listening.